Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Carl Harvey, who's CEO of Cloudbreak Discovery, or a specialist early stage project generator with a device portfolio of mineral assets. Cloudbreak owns equity positions and royalties in a variety of projects across multiple jurisdictions, primarily in the Americas and Africa. And Kyla has over 15 years experience in the resources sector and is an executive and, uh, and obviously in the executive and management position. Um, and he's here to tell us more about Cloudbreak Discovery. So that's welcome, Kyla, to the podcast. How are you doing, Kyla? I'm doing well. How are you, Rob? Yeah, I'm good in sunny England and you're over in Vancouver. Yes, sir. We are today. <laughs> yeah. So I wondered if you can um, give the audience uh, a background about yourself. As, as I mentioned, you've been in the resources industry for 15 years. So I just wondered if you can run us through your your background and your career to sort of present day. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually been a little longer than 15 years. I, oh, okay. uh, it's, uh, I, I, I use 15 years as the, uh, as the time I've been in the, um, I guess on, on, on the mining side of stuff, but I started, uh, my, my career actually, when I was a kid working uh, in the logging and engineering business with, uh, with, with the family business. And, um, from there, uh, post-secondary school, I, I got onto the drill rigs and worked uh, worked oil rigs and worked um, diamond drills for a long time before founding a couple of companies and uh, mining service businesses and built those up, sold one to my partners, and uh, one of which has uh, morphed over the years into our merchant bank called Cronin Capital and which spawned Cloudbreak Discovery. And you know, it's been a it's been an interesting journey to get from uh, from the operation side onto the corporate finance and company building side over the last yeah well fifteen years honestly, and um, I guess yeah it's uh, you know just from uh, from our background or my background we uh, we approach building companies and projects from a very operational and technical point of view with the uh, with the corporate side coming in as a as a very close second but. Um, you know, we've got to make sure there's something there before we can uh, can go on and uh, and explore for it. Yeah. So, what was your family business in, and what? How did you find that transition from being not? It's not even necessarily boots on the ground, but doing the hard yards to now running companies. Well, um, our family business was in logging and engineering, so we um, we went and found uh, commercial uh, patches of trees and on the west coast here in Canada and in the interior of British Columbia and um, designed logging programs for them for the for the mills and uh, you know the transition from uh, from boots on the ground hard labor if you will uh, to to the corporate side has been uh, for me great I, I really enjoy it uh, I still get out and uh, and hammer on rocks every now and then and get in the field but you know, as you as you get a little older, you you, you don't want to be uh, beating your body up so much anymore, and uh, lived uh, lived a bit of a hard life uh, between sports uh, and work uh, when I was younger. So I think my body appreciates the uh, the transition. 
Yeah, I can imagine. So now I wanted to even give us an overview um, and back, uh, background to um, Cloudbreak Discoveries. Absolutely, yeah. So Cloudbreak was uh, put together originally as a company called Ridge Royalty Corp here in Canada in 2015, and we were going after uh, energy royalties. And um, promptly after finishing our seed financing, uh, oil walked off the uh, off a cliff and uh, we sat on our hands for the next year and a half trying to figure out what to do. Uh, over over that year and a half and then into the next couple of years, we we tried a few different things and, you know, failure after failure and it just didn't really didn't get much traction with it and uh um eventually uh, i guess about two two and a half years ago we decided to start putting part of our our private business into it which was um project generation we've been active in the project generation space for for over 10 years 70 plus project transactions underneath our belt you know we it's a business we know really well and um it was a natural fit into there. It was okay. We've got this, you know, this small pool of capital. We've got, uh, we, we have to do something with this in order to make a return for our shareholders. And we just slowly started building the pieces in and, uh, what ultimately culminated in, and, uh, I guess it was a four way merger between, uh, between, between four entities to form cloud break discovery PLC, um, on the, uh, on the LSE and, uh, now we're uh, we're a listed company with a with a couple of uh, shekels in our pocket, and we're going to be uh, moving forward. So it's you know it it had it, excuse me it had it, its roots in 2015 uh, in a completely different sector. But you know we have to be dynamic and uh, and change change as the as the market changes and as the conditions change around us, which is one thing that I think we pride ourselves on over here. Yeah, and um, you mentioned obviously you're a, a project generator. Can you just explain how you, first of all, I suppose, look at projects, how the projects come to you, or do you have to go and find them? And what's your process in terms of analyzing the projects? What, what's the process that you go through? That's a, that's a great question. And I just want to preface, preface it a little bit by, by saying the, the project generator model over here in Canada um, is, a, is a very common model. A lot of, lot of juniors, there's a lot of listed companies that, uh, that, that do project generation, that find assets and, and sell them. There's also a very uh, deep culture in the in the uh, geological and prospecting um, uh, side of uh, of the mineral business here, going out and finding assets. And prospectors are substantially project generators. But we've noticed in the UK and uh, and in the European markets that uh, there there was a there was a gap. There's uh, a, maybe one or two other listed project generators currently, and so that's one of the reasons we came over there. But our process is what you actually hit it well on both sides. So we go and find projects, but projects also come to us. And, uh, and that's, it's a pretty healthy mix of both what we do when projects come to us, it's mostly, um, other, other junior firms looking to divest. If they're looking to, um, restructure part of their business, we'll have a look at their portfolio and kind of pick and choose and uh, maybe we'll take the whole portfolio maybe we'll choose one or two assets we really like and sort of cut a long dated deal on it so that we're paying as little as possible up front and we're able to bring another partner in to uh to advance that as quick uh, for for the most uh, return possible for cloudbreak but also for our partner who's um who we're buying the asset from and but the real crux of the project generation side is going out and finding things that uh, that others haven't necessarily found or 
deploying our technical ideas that uh, others necessarily haven't thought of or haven't acted on. And so we uh, we approach it in a in a pretty disciplined manner. We'll do a, a jurisdictional review. Where do we want to be working in the world? We'll do a commodity review. What do we think we're going to have partners for in the uh, in the coming months and years? And then we'll really start to drill down from there and and acquire data sets and uh, and start to start to review that data with our technical team here. Um, and after 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 we've either come up with an idea or we've dismissed an idea, you know, we'll, we'll either move on or we'll um, we'll uh, start to stake and acquire and and consolidate a region. We want to build a fairly sizable land position across multiple projects in, in a region, so that when we go in, we're not uh, you know we're deploying the, the the knowledge capital that we built internally. That's that's really where we get a lot of our value is the amount of knowledge, the amount of um, uh, research that we do in an area, and we've got we've got that upper hand on on others who who maybe uh, haven't done as much research in a region. Yeah, and is there any sort of commodities that you do focus on, or you do prefer, or is it, or is it just really dependent upon jurisdiction, country, and the actual the actual project itself? So. Uh, you know that that's that's a great question, and I think that um, you know, I don't think I know. And we, we've been very deliberate about avoiding the precious metals primarily. We're we're not a precious metals project generator. If if they come about, we're not gonna you know we're not gonna put a good project aside and say we're not gonna bother with it. But it's we're very focused on. Um, I guess the base bulks and uh, industrials, um, and so but. By base, I mean things like copper, nickel, um, lead, zinc, these kind of things, uh, bulks, iron ore, and a bauxite in particular. I think that there's a really good argument to the bauxite sector uh, coming forward here. And then uh, in the industrials, when I say industrials, that's sort of a very broad term, but sand, gravel, uh, dimension stone, things that are used. All, all of these commodities are things that are regularly consumed off the market and that that's why we like them and and as a broader sense um across all of those components there you know i said bauxite uh, is one of them copper is one of them lithium we've we've got a sub uh, or not a sub but sort of an overarching uh theme of going after commodities that are uh, helping uh, helping with this green and electrification revolution that's going on right now globally and we think that there's a really good opportunity specifically in copper, uh, nickel, and lithium right now, and, uh, and and coming up with ideas that others haven't necessarily thought of, and uh, really getting outside the box uh, on a few uh, on a few of our uh, project generation initiatives. Yeah, and is there so any jurisdictions that you favor? Definitely. I mean, North America, it's our backyard, right? So yeah. we're, we're, we're very active in Canada. We're, uh, we've recently formed a strategic alliance with Alianza Minerals based out of here, based out of Vancouver to explore in the uh, Western United States for copper. Um, we're active in lithium um, project generation right now in, uh, in the United States, Eastern United States in particular. Um, but so Canada, US, that's, that's, one, that's one component of our business. One of the reasons we came to the LSE and, and listed over in the in UK rather than in Canada is we're we're looking to diversify our um, country risk, I suppose, and, and get a little bit torquier, if you will, by by taking a focus on West Africa. 
I think there's a really good opportunity across uh, French-speaking West Africa in particular for us right now. And over the over the next bit here, so sorry, let me let me take one step back. North American investors, they're going over to Africa is you know a little bit of a, a stretch too far at times. So the UK investors, the European investors who were who we're working with now and who have come into the company here, we uh, they they understand the country risk, they understand the jurisdictional risk of West Africa, but also Europe too. You know, there, there, there's there's different risks associated with both of them. So part of our diversification is getting into Africa in a bigger way and also looking at various regions throughout um, Europe right now. And uh, it's I think it's going to be an interesting push over the next uh, 18 to 24 months in, into various jurisdictions that we've already been active in. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned that you're listed on the London Stock Exchange and obviously you're Canadian. Just wonder what the, the reasons why you listed on London Stock Exchange rather than, say, the, the TSX or um, any yeah. or even um, New York, maybe, uh, stock, stock Exchange. <laughs> I'd love to be listed on New York. I think we're a little small <laughs> right now, but uh, you know what? Uh, we, we we can hope and dream that we get there. Um, so I, I, that's a that's that's an interesting uh, question, and you know it. I think we've been pretty deliberate in our um, in our mission to to be listed in in London, and that is again right back to jurisdictional focus where we're going to be exploring. So we do have North America, but that diversification into Europe and. Uh, and Africa is um, is is key for us, and UK-based investors I find are uh, are, are more accepting of of those uh, the, those jurisdictions that we want to get involved in, and not only accepting but have a you know a long history and understand understand the the opportunity, but also understand the risks associated with it, and uh, and the other one of the other big reasons is. Uh, it's not a crowded space for a project generator. You know, there's there's one other real project generator uh, listed in London right now who we've got a lot of respect for. And I think they've done a great job. Um, but, uh, you know, over in Canada here, there's I don't I don't know the exact numbers, but let's let's call it 40 listed project generators, some more successful than others. Um, in London, if there's two of us, we get to put our head above the parapet and get a lot more attention once we once we've developed um, an understanding of our business model within the investor community. So those are the two big reasons. Uh, any, I guess a bit of a, a third sub reason is that I think there's a lot of generalist capital available uh, looking to uh, looking to deploy into the, into junior resources. And it's um, you know, it's again, it's, it's back to that, which, uh, which space is crowded and which space is, uh, is less crowded. So I think that there's a really good, just general corporate opportunity uh, to be listed in London. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, and you're probably right in what you're saying about only having two companies that are similar to yours, yourselves and the other company, um, where you can live, uh, lift your head above the parapet. Um, whereas, obviously, being Canada, you have many companies that are quite similar. So, yeah, no, I agree exactly. with you there. Um, how does your board and management team lend themselves to to your business model? Um, yeah, so we've uh, we've recently made some some great additions to our management team, which uh, I'm, I'm I'm very happy about. Uh, I'll just I'll start on our board: uh, Andrew Mail and uh, and Emma Priestley, long uh, long term um, uh, London based uh, board members. They've been active across a number of companies, 
Andrew is a uh, a transplant Canadian over into London, and Emma well known uh, through the London market and very active on on her company building her gold mine right now down in Ghana. And it's really great to have them on board and get you know get all their experience that they have in that market that we don't necessarily have. Kyle Hookie is uh, additionally one of our board members. He's based out of Perth, uh, Australia, and he uh, he brings a a bit of a a dynamic nature to our business and he's really he comes from a wealth management and broking background so a little bit more on the financial side and uh, he's uh, he, he comes up with a lot of our structuring ideas how we put deals together so you know he's I, I think our board is well diversified over the next six months or so we'd uh, we're probably going to add another uk-based uh director non-exec in order to round out our board and have a have a much heavier footing in london and uh just stay tuned for that but our management team is primarily based in uh, in vancouver here and that's yeah. i mean it, it's where we operate so yeah uh it's it, you know we've myself ceo of the company david robinson uh, he's been a partner of mine for a number of years here, and he's he's joined us as our CFO. Long history in uh, in in uh, fund management and analyst work, uh, as well as audit management. So you know he's he's really the guy that keeps this show on the rails. And um, so and then our technical team, which we're you know we're we're building and growing. Uh, Rory Kutlululu, uh, young man, great geologist. Uh, he's been very active in the Canadian resource sector and international European uh, and, and US for for a long time. And uh, he's, you know, his his career has been quite stunning for uh, for his age. And he's completed his second feasibility study prior to joining us. And, uh, you know, his first feasibility study ended up in the sale of uh, of of the company he was working for for uh, for, for quite a tidy sum to Goldcorp. And uh, so bringing him on as COO and, uh, and, and, and deploying not only his corporate knowledge, but his really, really good um, technical knowledge and his ability to translate technical and uh, grassroots projects into a, into a, a value. He's, he, he's, he's really good at, at, at building that bridge between, between the two, uh, the, the two sides of a, of a transaction. And, uh, and, with him and uh, and his network, we brought in uh, Cam Barsh here recently as our uh, VP Exploration. Uh, Cam's got a long history in, uh, in in structural geology, but also advanced technical reports, resource estimates, pre-feasibility, feasibility studies. Um, we've worked on and off with Cam for uh, for the last ten years, uh, either him working for for our group or uh, us uh, us contracting for for groups that he was working for. So it's. Um, and, and his his knowledge again over into Europe. He uh, spent a, a fair bit of time uh, with Dundee uh, Gold over in um, over over in Europe, and uh, a lot of work in the States as well, and some in Africa even. So it's you know I think the team's well rounded. Uh, and additionally, our last uh, you know the last new addition is Henrik Mickelson. We brought him on as our VP Corporate Development, uh, based in Zug, uh, Switzerland, and his uh, his background of fund management and uh and and interaction with uh with some pretty uh pretty uh famed uh resource investors you know he really he, he's got a vision of how to uh how to deploy this um this model into the into the european markets uh, in particular and that's why we brought him on he's just got a really deep understanding of what we want to do and from a portfolio management point of view he really he really gets it 
Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good, well-rounded team. I actually know Andrew. Um, oh. and, 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 Emma, and Emma, I've spoken to a few times and I'm actually trying to get her on the podcast as well. So, um, nice. yeah, no, it sound, sound, sounds great. So I wonder if you can give us uh, an overview of some of the projects that you're working on. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, we've got a pretty, pretty large portfolio of projects currently. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll pick and choose a couple out of the portfolio. Yeah. So we don't uh, inundate your listeners with, uh, with a bunch of jargon that, uh, that, that gets lost in it all. Um, so we've, uh, I, I think a couple of the interesting projects, uh, let's, let's, let's start with, um, uh, with, the portfolio we put together for Norseman Silver. That's a, a, a copper, uh, copper silver portfolio in Northern BC here. Uh, all early stage, some with drill results on them, but uh, no discovery uh, to date. Um, primarily porphyry and VMS targets and some, so, some really interesting numbers coming off of them. Interestingly enough, their caribou asset was the first project I ever staked uh, as a young prospector. And, uh, and have held on to and, and and worked on for a number of years and you know they've uh, historic samples off that are in excess of 60 percent copper uh, in grab samples so uh, and uh, you know over 20 ounces per ton silver so i hope that they're able to replicate those you know that's uh, that's yet to be seen that they're going to be executing a pretty uh, pretty wide-ranging uh, drill and exploration campaign across their four assets silver vista really interesting um uh, probably a low sulfidation uh, uh, epithermal gold deposit there, or project, I shouldn't say deposit, that's the wrong term. And um, and silver switchback. Honestly, we don't know what it is, but there's uh, we're finding mineralization and we're, we hope to characterize it here over the uh, over this uh, exploration season. So it's uh, it's an interesting project. Now, one of the ones were that we really, <coughs> excuse me, spent a lot of time putting together was uh, the LaBlanche asset, which we sold to Temas Resources um, about a year, just over, a, just under a year ago now. And they're going to be going in uh, very shortly here uh, to complete a PE, an updated PEA on the asset, as well as a, a pretty healthy uh, uh, metallurgical program and resource update. So there's a historic resource of about 18 and a half percent titanium dioxide TiO2 on the project, and um, the technology portfolio that they've recently acquired. We think we can upgrade that and make uh, and, and and make a pretty healthy concentrate out of it. So they're uh, th they'll be executing that over the over the coming months here, and uh, stay tuned on that one. One of the other ones we're really excited about and have. Um, you know, and I think it's probably fairly topical in the in the UK with a couple of companies uh, operating there right now is our helium asset. Uh, so we were a founding uh, shareholder of a company called Imperial Helium. Uh, they've picked up uh, 90, 95 square miles, I believe it is. I, that's uh, someplace around uh, between 90 and 100 square miles in southern Alberta. And uh, with a contingent resource of uh, of 1.1 BCF of recoverable helium on it, uh, they've uh, sputted their first well, and hopefully any day now should be uh, should be reaching uh, target depth. And uh, we're we're excited to see the uh, the results off of that. It's uh, it's a really interesting story on on the on the asset they picked up. It had a uh, due to a mechanical failure, had a blowout in 1940 when they were uh, exploring for for helium actually down in the region to support uh, the war effort, and uh, it really 
uh, it really uh, got us thinking about the region in, in, in general and ended up acquiring that asset, obviously, but it uh, it blew out at over 50 million uh, MCF a day. So, you know, that's, uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> fingers crossed it comes in somewhere near that. And it's non-combustible gas, so it's, an, it's a nitrogen-rich system uh, with, uh, with lower-grade helium, but quite large. So those are, those are the big ones. And I, I just want to do, I want to touch on one last one, just very briefly, but uh, our, our uh, strategic alliance with Allianza Minerals, the Klondike asset down in um, Colorado that we recently staked uh, on a 50-50 basis with them. We'll be executing an exploration program on it here very soon, but it's, uh, it's we've characterized it uh, in the um, in the sediment hosted uh, copper deposits. And we think that there's a, there's an interesting play in the region down there and been very deliberate uh, with, with how we're entering, uh, you know, Colorado and, and the Western United States in particular. I think there's a lot of, a uh, lot of opportunity and uh, to get out on the, on the ground and really, uh, really get back to fundamentals and, uh, and bash some rocks and hopefully find a few things that have been forgotten for, uh, for a long time. Yeah, obviously, with all these projects that you're analysing, whether you, they've been brought to you or you've gone out and found, what are the main fundamentals for you in determining whether you move forward with a project? I mean, if you had your ideal project, what are say the top three fundamentals that you think that's great? I need to move, we need to move forward with this. Um, jurisdiction's a big one for us eventually if we find something we want to make sure we can build a mine there we yeah. understand that political climate changes and uh and, and and that but it's you know that's a big one second is size potential we want to if the let's let's use copper deposits for instance we're we don't want to go in and and find a low grade 250 million ton project we want to be someplace between half a billion and a billion uh uh, uh, uh pounds to, that the potential to find there uh and grade Size and grade; those are the two big ones from a technical point of view. Um, you know, low grade's great, but uh, high grade's better, and uh, yeah. not even high grade, just you know, good grades. Things things that you can open pit uh, are are of particular interest, and uh, um, I guess local uh, local support is is a big one. We don't want to go into a jurisdiction blind. We we vary our model a little bit compared to other project generators and where we will partner with local prospectors, local geologists, people that have a deep understanding of that local knowledge. And we bring them in on an equity ownership basis on the projects uh, if, if they're interested in that uh, on that basis there so that we're all all parties are aligned then. Yeah. So as a conclusion, just one thing you give us an overview of um, cloud break. Uh, discoveries over the next, say, twelve to eighteen months, and any projects that you that you may have further in the pipeline. Definitely, yeah. So we're going to be uh, executing our, uh, our our strategy with Alianza in the Western United States, and that's going to be a, a, a very core focus for us. And um, I think uh, I think we'll see some uh, some interesting lithium acquisitions uh, in the in the coming couple of months here, and those acquisitions will be. Uh, they've been curated for for one particular uh, client who's going to take 
a couple of them and the other couple will be uh, open for joint venture or option. And th those will be focused in the brine sector in, uh, in the Eastern United States. So I think those are gonna be the two, two big pushes over the next little bit here. We do have active uh, project generation in the nickel sector uh, in Eastern Canada right now. And uh, our day-to-day, -day, you know, um, smaller staking initiatives, we'll, uh, we do have those, uh, those active in Western Canada right now. And, um, just to sort of cap it all off with our, uh, with our, the, one of the reasons we listed in London, we're, uh, we're going to be making an entrance into Africa. We've, uh, we've been actively reviewing uh, a pretty healthy portfolio, uh, in West Africa right now. And I'll, uh, next time we chat, I'll get into the jurisdiction because, uh, I don't want to give, uh, don't want to tip the hand too, too, uh, too fast here. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's, um, it's all focused in the, uh, in the, uh, base metals and, uh, and battery metals sector right now. We think that there's a really good opportunity and, uh, in, across the board there. And, um, we want to, we want to capitalize on it, uh, uh, along with the rest of the market. So I think yeah. we'll have a very active, uh, active next 12 months. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, certainly it sounds it. Um, really appreciate your time, Kyla. Um, perhaps you can come on next year and um, you may be able to tell us more about uh, those uh, discoveries in Africa that you're after. So uh, really appreciate your time. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, how can they go about doing that? Are you on any social media platforms? Absolutely. We're, uh, we're on uh, Twitter and we're on LinkedIn are our two primary platforms. And it's at Cloudbreak Discovery, uh, I believe, is our Twitter handle, and uh, just Cloudbreak Discovery on LinkedIn. Otherwise, uh, please feel feel free to reach out to us, info at cloudbreakdiscovery.com, uh, and uh, we'll do our best to get back to you uh, as quickly as possible. Yep. And what we do is we include those in the show notes as well, so people can reach out to you if they've got if they've got any uh, questions or if they've even got any projects that they may want you to uh, get involved with. So. Really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, those that are listening on the uh, podcast, uh, appreciate you can share and like as you normally do. Um, those that are listening or watching, should I say, on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you can like and share below so it goes out to the universe across the world, across the internet universe. Um, so really, really appreciate your time again. And um, I'll be watching your um, journey closely especially with the uh, potentials in africa so uh, wish you well wish you well with all that thanks very much rob appreciate the uh, your time this morning yeah no worries and thank you for listening again and until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry